Shalom, Mishpacha. This is Sid Roth. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with the Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with a very supernatural guest. And now, here's your host for this program. It's Supernatural Television producer, Jackie Duval. Thank you, Sid. Today on Messianic Vision, our guest is Jennifer Guetta. Jennifer is a Dutch-American speaker, author, and biblical archaeologist who had a supernatural encounter with Jesus. She spent years digging for the truth about the Bible until one day she was confronted by an invisible world. In the midst of her battle, Yeshua revealed himself in dreams and set her free. She was then called to go and plant hope in the hearts of men by showing that God is real and miracles transcend science. She founded Plant Hope Israel and travels the world telling her testimony to glorify her Savior. Her heart is to illustrate God's supernatural power, celebrate the biblical feasts, and build bridges between Israel and the church. Welcome, Jennifer. Thank you very much. So nice to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you. You grew up in Holland and your parents divorced when you were young. And when you were nine, your mom met an American. You guys moved to America. And when you were 11, you and your family got saved and spirit-filled. Tell us about that experience. Well, I was young and we were living in Wisconsin. And my brother was born. And at that moment when my brother was born, the midwife led my mom and my stepdad to the Lord. And afterwards, they were so excited and so on fire for the Lord, they wanted to go to Christ for the Nations. And they went to Bible school there. They moved to Dallas. And they ended up not going on mission trips, stayed in America. And I had uh, three or four years where I was, you know, spirit-filled and really got to know the Lord in many of the youth groups uh, at Christ for the Nations. That's awesome. Now, um, when you were 17, you decided to move back to Holland and you went to a university and you lost your faith in God. Um, Tell us about what happened there. Yeah, that actually, when I moved back to Holland, my father, on my father's side, they were all atheists. And I came into a world in Holland where many people were all skeptics. They only believed in science. And what I really wanted was to find out what was real about the Bible. I wanted to study it for myself. So I went into biblical archaeology at Leiden University. And the first thing the professor said to me at that time was, well, we will see about, well, your faith. And I said, no, I believe. Uh, However, I started studying a lot of theology and biblical interpretations And because of the whole theological interpretations, I really, after a few years, lost my faith. And yeah, it went quite fast. And then for many years, I just completely lost, for 25 years, actually, I completely forgot about Yeshua. I completely forgot about uh, the Lord. Now, fast forward to 2012, you get uh, married to a man named Elijah. And in 2012, you have a daughter. I think she's about 10 years old around this time. So you met a woman named Lily. Lily is the great-granddaughter of Baba Salih, who's the leading Moroccan Sephardic rabbi and Kabbalist. 
First of all, briefly tell us what Kabbalah is. Some of them don't know what that is. And then tell us about your experience with Lily. Yes. Well, Kabbalah is not a religion. It's more an intellectual theory about the spirit realm. And there's different kinds of Kabbalah. There is the Kabbalah, which is orthodox. And then there's Kabbalah, which is new age, more, uh, you know, which Madonna is into many of the people in America. And there's also very dark Kabbalah. However, we are scientists. My husband is a bioplant engineer, and I am a biblical archaeologist. We did not believe in the supernatural at all. We didn't believe in any of that. We, we knew enough to stay away from the occult. We didn't play with any of that. We weren't searching for that until one day we ran into somebody who was a Kabbalist, and they said, well, we have all the secrets of the supernatural. We have all these secrets, and I would love to tell you about them. And we invited them into our house for just one day. And the first thing she said to me when she came was really, do I have permission to be here? Mm -hmm. I thought, hmm, that's a strange thing to say. <laughs> and then she said, well, evil doesn't exist. And I'm like, okay, uh, how come we, and I was, I didn't believe in evil at that time. I didn't believe in anything really, except I thought God was really far out there, very far away. That's what Kabbalah teaches, that you have to be perfect and that you go through all these levels. So God was not like personal. He was far away from me. And I definitely didn't believe in evil. But by saying that, it kind of made it worse. But we found out later that evil was very real. But as scientists, we were pretty naive. <laughs> So tell me some more experiences of what happened when Lily was at your house. Well, the first month, I can tell you, was all about love. It, the first month was really good. She came and she gave gifts. She had so many presents for us. And it was all about acceptance and love of everybody. We felt like there was an angel in our house. And she was helping us and advising us and giving us good things. And we thought, oh, and she says, yeah, I have the technology of the world and I'm going to tell you all about it. And every day she got us more excited about this technology. And we were like, mm, what is that? But when she was around, the first month was all about love and it, we accepted that. However, as time went by, she started changing and she didn't ever actually tell us about all her secrets, but she just kept asking for permissions Everything she did was, do I have permission to be here? Do I have a permission over your this? It was all about the little things even, you know, like washing machines and phones. And, hmm. and in the meantime, she was putting down cards. And she put cards and she asked, well, you are this. And she connected us with cards. And she would say, you're one of these numbers. You're one of these numbers. You're that type or this type. Or she would connect us to the Kabbalah tree, which has the Sefirot. So we would be one of them. And then you, you go up in different levels. And that's about all she did was connect us with it. And we didn't really associate with that at all. But later on, we know she was using that as witchcraft. But the strange things started happening really in the second and the third month when she was with us, when she really started manifesting. And one time I asked her, for example, I said, what does Jesus have to do with the tree of life? Because as an archaeologist, I was interested about the history. 
I wasn't believing anything, but I just was interested in history. And then all of a sudden she started manifesting. She heard this word and she completely freaked out when she heard his name. How is it possible that, you know, this Orthodox woman freaks out and knows Jesus? But actually, it was something inside her that came up. You know, now I know it was a demon. But before that, I I didn't know that. It was very shocking. And then all of a sudden, we started getting dreams. And my sister had a dream. My sister's a Christian in America. And she said to me, I had this dream. And she even mentioned the name of the person. And she said, They're not who they say they are, but you have to get them out of your house. Be careful. And I was laughing. I was like, how's that possible? How do you know this? And she says, oh, don't worry. I also dreamed you're going to write a book and it's going to be about Jesus and you're going to make his name famous. Wow. And I, I laughed so hard at her because I thought I would never do such a thing, (laughs) you know, and here I am. The book has come out, you know, it's practically 10 years later. My sister told the dream and the lady started freaking out at the end because she was getting exposed. And she was also always talking about being followed and just a lot of very crazy things happened during that time. Wow. And so because of your sister's dream, you eventually are able to get the courage to get Lily out of the house. But even with her out of the house physically, Other things began to manifest through your house because she left certain items around and spiritually she was still there controlling you guys. So tell us about that experience. Yeah. So on the 5th of January, 2013, I finally had the courage to get her out of the house. And that courage was really because I had had two dreams myself and I saw in the spirit realm and I saw what she looked like and it was really evil and scary. And that gave me courage to get her out of the house. And I told her, you have to leave. The day she left afterwards, my entire house was covered with her stuff. And she had hidden her cards in all different places, in my library, in my books, in every pieces of paper, under the couches, you know, in in cupboards. Everywhere was covered. And every time we'd find something, something would happen. So they were all items that she was using in witchcraft and curses against us. The first month after she left was very frightening because, I mean, we found knives in the house. We found all kinds of witchcraft material that she was using. And later we started seeing in the spirit realm where we actually saw things happening. And it was really about the things happening all at once. That was really the scary part. Now, you guys, you tried everything to try to get rid of these demonic things that were happening in your home, and you weren't saved yet, but you were just, you were desperate, and you were just trying a lot of different things. So tell us about some of the things that you you did to try to get rid of it. Yeah, so what did good Jews do? The first thing you do is go to the rabbis, of course, (laughs) because we knew something was really wrong in our house. And we went to the local rabbis and we asked for help. And they said, oh, I think something's attacking us too. Here, take a prayer. And we tried that in our house. Nothing helped. Then we turned to the new age and we went to the stores and we brought in Sali and we started burning Sali in our house. And here we were two scientists trying to 
burn out evil spirits and demons out of our house. You know, the, we had no idea what was happening. We, we burned the cards. We didn't know everywhere. Every time we found these cards, we started burning them or burying them. We went, or we even went to the ocean once and we threw them in the ocean because we knew she didn't like salt water. There's one time when we covered our, all our entrances of our house with salt because we knew they didn't like salt. <laughs> However, when the rain came, the salt went away and then they came back much worse and nothing seemed to help. We were desperate. We burned incense through our house, did all the prayers. And we were really scientists who realized that demons were real and we had fallen straight into their trap and we didn't know what to do. Until one day, my husband's first wife, she said to my husband and I, she said, these are demons, you need to cast them out in the name of Jesus. And I just laughed so hard. I thought, no way, you got to be kidding. Not that too. <laughs> I mean, it was all a surprise to us. Right. But there's something also that happened. There was a box of letters that came to me from myself when I was young in Christ for the Nations. I had written all these letters to a family member. And she gave me the box of letters right in the middle of our desperate need. She says, hey, I don't need them anymore. And I opened them and they were all about Jesus and how to break permissions and how to fight demons. Wow. <laughs> For myself when I was young. <laughs> and the timing was so incredible. And I knew from that moment we had to break the permissions that we had given to this demon uh, for us in, in order to survive. Eventually, we wrote out a whole contract and we put the names of the people and the demons and we just said, you do not have permission here. You do not have permission here. You do not have permission here. We covered all our bases. It was three pages long. And at 12 o'clock at night, we stood outside and we read it out loud. And we said, we do it in the name of the God of Israel and we do it in the name of Jesus, just in case. And the moment we mentioned the name of Jesus, everything changed mm. and the permissions were broken and we felt it and they could no longer reach us in the same way. And demons started fleeing. Wow. And that was just for us. We were in awe. We were like, what? How come demons flee in the name of Jesus? What's going on? And who is he? <laughs> you know, it was like the story <laughs> straight out of the Bible. And we were like, wow, these demons are running. And so eventually they left and they fled. At that moment, we called upon his name. Hmm. And two things really happened. The first thing is we were no longer alone. Right. He came and helped me. He came and helped us and showed us what to do. I believe actually he was there before helping me with many of the things, giving us the dreams, giving us the box, giving us instructions, trying to help us out. Mm -hmm. But now we had given him permission to come and help us because we called upon him. And the second thing that happened is we got in the middle of a fierce battle mm -hmm. because the enemy wasn't about to let us go completely because we knew too much. We had been in the most deepest of Kabbalah. We've been taught by one of the greatest Kabbalists of Israel. And we've been in so deep 
that the enemy did not want to let us go. And we started getting many, many dreams. The supernatural just opened up and we saw in the spirit realm what would happen. And for example, there was nights when, when we would pray and we would just my husband had this dream where he saw fallen angels attack our house and there was hundreds of them in the sky and all of a sudden God's glory just came over the house mm. and it just covered all that and all of the they, they all fell with their <laughs> against their windows and just came down wow. and it was incredible and we had times where we had uh, temperature changes major temperature changes in our room where the enemy would try to attack us. As soon as the enemy attacked us, I started calling upon Jesus to come help. And he came and helped. And then we would feel God's glory coming in and his peace coming back into the room. Mm. And at the same time, he was also showing us that we need to clean our house, that we needed to get rid of all that stuff. And so we were slowly moving everything out of our house, all the items that she had put, we were praying over them, getting them out. It was a whole process. Yeah. Wow. And, and, uh, another amazing thing that happened too, was that not only were you guys set free, but there were other people that Lily had stayed with that also got set free. Tell us about that. Yes. Well, she had gone to a lot of people and asked their permission. And in so many ways, and there was other people that she visited at night. It was really, really scary for them. I went to these other people's houses and I said, this is how we get free. (laughs) And they also said the prayers and they also got free from her. Praise God. That was amazing. It was a long process. It took several months and uh, uh, quite a few months of of complete deliverance, you know, before we were completely free out of that. Yeah. And speaking of that, so you break agreement in May of 2013. And then a few months later, the Lord starts speaking to you about sharing your testimony and sharing and exposing the darkness of the enemy. And you had some fear about that. But tell us, about the encounter you had with the Holy Spirit that gave you the courage to share about that testimony? Oh, that was amazing. Because first of all, what the Lord had been doing to me as an archaeologist, I had undermined the Bible many times. And I had been digging, you know, digging through the dirt in Israel, trying to find the truth about it. And I had made many theories which weren't right. And I'd never read the Bible with the Holy Spirit because now all of a sudden what happened is the Holy Spirit started speaking to me through the Bible itself. Just rhema words jumping up. The words were coming up. And one of the things that was really amazing is where the word follow me just came up after me. Everywhere I went, the Lord spoke to me about following him. And after I came to know him, I accepted him as my savior in June 2013. Right after that, the Bible started turning to life and these words just jumped off the page. And he said, you are my witness. You are my witness. And I have chosen you to go bring forth fruit. And that was in John. And then he would do the same thing and show me the same scriptures kind of in Isaiah, in the Old Testament. So he would speak to me from the Old Testament and the New Testament at the same time, showing how they belong together. It was really beautiful. 
And he told me, you have to go and talk about it. And that was part of the spiritual warfare. And it was the last thing I ever wanted to do. That was the scariest thing. I mean, this woman worked in secret and it was very scary story, of course. And preferably what I wanted to do is just sit at home and and pray and let people pray about it and, and not do anything or speak about it. And also it would mean that I had to lay my life down because I'd have to go into the public to talk about it, to tell people. And I had become Jewish earlier and I was an archaeologist. Scientists don't talk about spiritual things like this, you know. <laughs> it was like we'd be like a scientist who all of a sudden comes out and says, yes, the Bible is God's word. Yes, Jesus is alive. Hmm. And God told me I had to do that. It was part of the spiritual warfare. And I went to America that summer and I got baptized with my family in, in Arizona. It was absolutely amazing. And I got home and one week later, there was an email from national television from Holland in my mailbox. And it said, do you want to testify? You want to say something about what you believe in God on national TV in Holland at nine o'clock in the morning? We'll give you half an hour. Wow. <laughs> everybody's watching. (laughs) I've never talked about God on TV and it's the last thing I wanted to do, but I knew I had to do it. The Lord was serious. He gave me that chance to, to speak about it. He wanted to expose the darkness and to set other people free, to tell people about it. So I went in and I agreed and I started working with the Dutch national television to work on this program. And at that time, and I had a real Holy Spirit moment in September where the Holy Spirit really came over me and strengthened me in order to be able to witness and to tell the story because it was so hard. And finally, the program was aired live on TV on the 5th of January, 2014, Hmm. one year on the day later after that lady left my house. So I call it victory day for Jesus. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. He was he was proclaiming the victory. It was amazing how he did it on the exact same day. It was incredible. And after that, he kept doing that. The Lord gave me many opportunities because it was important as part of the spiritual warfare. Every time I realized that I told the story, the demons fled even more. So you have to go out there and tell the story. It's part of Yeah, really of what the Lord wants when demons, you know, demons start to flee. Absolutely. And now several years later, you wrote the book, Awestruck by the Glory. Tell us about what this book is going to do for people. How is it going to help them? The main thing is they will be awestruck by the glory of God, about what God has done, because it contains so many supernatural experiences. And it comes from a scientist. It comes from somebody who's in archaeology. So it will show you that God is real, and it will really show you that Jesus is alive and well, and that also the supernatural is real, and that God has done such amazing things. And I hope really that people will be in awe, that many people will be in awe of God. And I've also given lots of keys for understanding what to do in such a situation because there's a lot of people out there that are stuck in Kabbalah. I wasn't the only one. I believe this is something that was happening all over the world. And so I give keys on how to be delivered, how to go out, how to clean your house, how to break through this demonic and, and what also prayers, what prayers we said. 
and and really how we got free. It's amazing, especially also for people if they have doubts. It really puts them into a reality of what really is going on. This is, you know, being struck by the awesomeness of God's glory. That's where the name comes from. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. It's a really powerful book. I think that it's definitely going to help people who even who have not been involved in Kabbalah, but just have given permission to the enemy in different areas, like you were saying, you know, through fear or different things. Yes. It's going to help them know how to get set free from any of those things. And so tell us a little bit more, too, about some things you learned. I know you learned about the power of Scripture, the power of things like Psalm 91. Tell us a few more things that the Lord taught you as you were going through all the spiritual warfare. Yes. Well, this is one of the things I mentioned in the book, all the things that we did, you know, to get free. One of the amazing things was that the Lord started to show me that every time I started reading the Bible out loud and praying the Bible, demons started to flee. Now, there was times when we were being attacked and we would pray and the Lord would come immediately and we would feel his glory and he would help us. But there was also times that he didn't. And we were like, what's going on? It was one time I was really frightened. I was like, Lord, where are you? Mm. And I had this old Bible of mine that was also a Bible from 25 years ago. And I opened this Bible. And in the Bible, it, at the back, it said, what to do if demons attack you? <laughs> <laughs> and it was Psalm 91. And mm. I went to Psalm 91 and I started reading it out loud. And this was right in the middle of the battle. And the moment I started speaking those words, demons started to flee. Wow. And it was so powerful, so incredible. And then afterwards, the glory of the Lord, the peace just came into the, our room and completely, you know, set us free. But the Lord wanted me really to take authority and to use the word of the Lord as a sword against the enemy. So he did it with many, many times he would speak through the word, many different uh, scriptures that were so powerful in the spirit realm. I pray it's one of the things I teach about that Christians will understand the power of God's word and reading it out loud. It's important to not read it into yourself, but to read it out loud, speak it out loud, and you change the atmosphere in your room. <laughs> that was from Jesus. Not for, we didn't know. Nobody showed us that. No, right. He showed us that. <laughs> I'll give you another really amazing example. This is a story that right when I first, I didn't know it was him yet. I was still trying to figure out who he was. And it was in May 2013 when I was just getting saved. And I had this old, the same old Bible, and I hadn't read it for 25 years. And I knew there was somebody in the room. I felt his presence. I saw him, and I was trying to recognize him. And somebody was telling me what to do, but I didn't know who it was. And I opened the Bible for the very first time in 25 years without doing research okay i've done it of course reading it in a different way and it was like i am the one who has given you authority over snakes and scorpions mm -hmm. and over all the power of the enemy but don't be glad that you have that be glad that your name was already written in heaven mm -hmm. and the words i just jumped off the page and i was like 
who is this I? Who is it? And the Lord at that point, he used this scripture because he was not just saving us out. He wanted us to take the authority as well. If we would have just done nothing and relaxed, he would have helped us. I know he would have, but he wanted to show us what to do in this situation to train us to, yeah, so we could, so we could also help others. Absolutely. That's so good. And now he trained you through a lot of different dreams and also Elijah. And you realize later that a lot of the dreams that you had were on biblical feast days. So why is it important for Christians to understand feast days? Teach a a little bit on that. Oh, the feasts, it's something that is so incredible. Before we got saved, we celebrated them just as traditional feasts, like most Jews in Israel do. However, at the time when we got to know the Lord, we had so many dreams and These dreams often happen on the feasts. I'm a scientist and I started writing everything down. So I actually journaled everything that happened from May 2013 onward. Every dream we had, everything with the dates and with everything. And I and I started seeing patterns in them. And I started realizing these dreams are happening around the feasts or on Shabbat or on certain days, certain times. And it was just incredible because it was like times of open heaven. I was like, wow. And for example, on Passover 2014, that was really the most amazing dream I ever had where it was on the first of Nisan, a couple of weeks before Passover. And I saw Yeshua, Jesus, sitting at the end of my bed. And I had longed so deeply to see him mm. because I, all that time before, I, I didn't actually see him. I felt his presence and I was so hungry to see him. And finally, he, in a, it was like a dream where you're half awake, half asleep. And I saw his image sitting at the end of my bed with white clothes, a darkish hair. And I couldn't see his eyes, but it was just so beautiful. And he said to me, Tell them about the kingdom of heaven that you saw. Tell them about what you've experienced about God. Speak. He actually used the word speak. And I said, Lord, who am I to speak? I'm nothing. Um, You know, I was just a new babe. I had just become a believer. And he said, look in Jeremiah 1. (laughs) And I'd never read it before. So the next morning I realized I had this amazing dream. Yeshua was sitting at the end of my bed and I picked up my Bible and I look at Jeremiah one and there was the exact same conversation I had with him in the night where he says, speak, speak to the children of Israel. And Jeremiah says, who am I? (laughs) Anyway, that was just amazing because that was also on Passover and we experienced him so closely on Passover. He called us really to organize this Passover for him. We came to know Passover as Yeshua's great feast of salvation and redemption. Mm. This was the day where he was crucified and where the blood was shed for us to be set free. And at first Passover in 2014, when I realized what had happened on Passover, that he was the lamb that was slain. And that's because I was free because of his blood. 
that's the only reason that the permissions were broken, right? He broke the permissions. Yeah. He suffered because I had sinned, I had fallen, and he paid the price for my freedom. And because of that, I was able to live. And when you've been through something like what I had, I was crying the entire Passover because it was so amazing to realize that what he had done for us on that day. Mm-hmm. And I realized he really longed, he longed to celebrate it with his people. We later came to know is not just a feast. It's the day where we tell the testimony of our salvation. And that is, of course, a testimony of Jesus. And we know in Revelations where it says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And so we are actually prophesying and telling his story on Passover together with four cups where we're remembering the blood at the same time. So Passover is like Revelation 12, 11 come together where it's a very powerful time. We also came to realize it was a very high spiritual warfare that we were doing when we were celebrating Passover because we were remembering the blood and telling his testimony Mm. and prophesying that over our family. And the Lord really called us to celebrate his feast at that time in 2014. We had one with 50 people in our house because we were just so happy to be alive and so thankful. We just wanted to praise and worship him. And then in 2015, during all the blood moons, the Lord gave me a dream. And this lady came to me in the dream and said, you got to organize Passover now. Otherwise, everybody's agenda is full. And I'm like, well, what's going on? And then I started praying about it. And the Lord said to me, I want you to organize it for 400 people, 400 people. And I said, who are they? He said, I'll bring them. They're all people from the church, different people. And I said, well, Lord, if you want to do that, then you have to confirm it because otherwise my whole agenda has to open, right? That's a lot of work. So a couple hours later, my mom calls me from America and she says, I've been a Christian 25 years. I've never had a dream ever. And she says, I had this dream this morning. I saw these people sitting at tables and it was in Holland and it was like a Passover. (laughs) So my mom had the same dream as I did in the same night. Wow. And this whole Passover that we organized in 2015, everything was supernatural because there was 14 different dreams from seven different people in three different countries that happened that called us to organize this Passover. And it's a whole story. It's written in the book. It's the end of the book about how we did it. The amazing thing was that in the end, we found out, of course, that Passover Good Friday was on Passover like it was 2,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. It's, so the time, the calendars were the same. And it was under one of the blood moons. And at the same time, there was Israelis there who came to know Yeshua through dreams and supernatural experiences. And the Lord also sent somebody from Iran a week before, a family from Iran we had met. And they had also met Jesus in dreams in Iran. And they had fled Iran. And they had the same dream as I did. They saw Yeshua and he said to them, follow me. 
<laughs> and I was like, he said the same thing to you as he said to us. Mm. It was incredible. Wow. So in the end, they came to Holland one week before our Passover and we invited them and they sat with us, Israelis and Iranians together in the front, hmm. proclaiming the victory of Yeshua, of Jesus wow. and the peace. And, you know, it was in the same night as the nuclear deal was signed by Obama. Mm. The one that is right now still going on, the one that's caused all these problems. In that night, Obama signed this horrible deal between Iran and the Western world, which has endangered Israel a lot. Mm. But at that moment, we were together with the church, with 400 people, all different churches, and they were in unity at God's table, proclaiming the victory of Yeshua together with Iranians and Israelis. That it was such a miracle. And from that time on, we came to know Passover as a great victory feast for Yeshua, for Jesus. And he longs to bring his church together at his table. He longs to restore it, not because we have to. You know, the church is often people put laws on it and there's a, they think, oh, do we have to do this? We have to. No, of course not. It's not. We live by grace. We are free. But if we want to come to know Yeshua, if we want to come to know him, then this is his feast. This is his time. And it is coming to know his love. And we have really come to know the glory also that he has passed on the glory. I mean, look at all the dreams we had. He's opened that all up for us. Basically, we all started getting dreams after Passover, you know. Mm. <laughs> it was amazing. Lots of dreams during that time. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. And of course, you go into a lot more detail of some of those dreams in your book and a lot more teaching, but we're running out of time. Can you pray for the listeners? There's some who are dealing with being bound by fear, being bound by different things, and they want to be free just like you are free. And so can you just pray for them real fast? Absolutely. Yes. Heavenly Father, Lord God of Israel, I just want to thank you, Lord. Thank you for our freedom. Thank you for Yeshua. Thank you for Jesus. And Lord, right now, I pray for all those listeners right now that are bound or that are in fear, Lord, that don't know what to do, that are being attacked. I pray, Father, that you will break through like you broke through to us. I pray, Lord, that you will open the floodgates of heaven and pour your glory out over them, Lord, and set them free. Thank you, Lord, for the great exodus that you did for us with divine intervention of how you pulled us out of slavery. And I pray, Lord, that as this testimony goes forth, that you will do it again, that all these people will come to know you and be set free and be delivered, Lord, and that they will be able to worship you and come together at your table. Lord, I pray, Lord, that people will come and know how amazing your glory is, how amazing you are, and bless them, Abba. Bless them with your glory. In Yeshua's name, amen. Amen. And you've been listening to Messianic Vision with our guest, Jennifer Guetta. And now here's Sid to tell you how you can get this special resource. Jennifer Guetta wants to teach you secrets of the spiritual realm in her book, Awestruck by glory, you will learn how to break agreements you have made with the enemy 
either known or unknown, and apply the name and blood of Jesus to enforce the victory and freedom that Jesus has already paid for. In her brand new and exclusive three-part audio teaching series, Ancient Secrets Revealed, you will learn how to close spiritual gateways that you may have unknowingly opened to the enemy, the power of the blood of Jesus, and so much more. Jennifer has learned this in her own life. Revelation from God, it is going to be a game changer for you. Call now for Jennifer Guetta's book, Awestruck by Glory, and her brand new and exclusive three-part audio teaching series, Ancient Secrets Revealed, plus a prayer card for breaking agreements with the enemy for an investment of 35 U.S. dollars. To order, call 1-800-447-2697. Once again, that's 1-800-447-2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org. S-I-D-R-O-T-H dot O-R-G. Be sure to ask for offer number 9807. Once again, that's offer number 9807.